As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited to have you here today. And, and as a driven dental entrepreneur, I want you to keep one quick number in mind. That's 43. 43 is the average number of years that you're going to work in your dental practice. That's 11,395 days. That's a lot of time to spend in an office. And you want to make sure that that office you go to revitalizes you, makes you feel good, makes your patients feel good. And it is a place that's inviting, a place that's inspiring. Because 43 years, 11,395 days, that can be a long time to work in a dull drab environment. And that is why I'm so excited to have you here today, because by the time we finish today, you're going to really know why the right team matters for building the practice of your dreams, for building and designing that environment that's going to inspire you and inspire your patients. You're going to have a process and steps that you can follow, but most importantly, you're going to feel enlightened in this process of building the practice of your dreams. And I don't know of anyone better to help you do this, then Motion Goreski. And he's the founder and president of Cohen Architecture. And, and Motion, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, so thrilled to, to have you here. And, and, and actually, your firm name means something, doesn't it, right? Cohen <laughs> Architecture. Cohen is actually a, a, a special Persian word that really embodies something special. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, I selected the word because it's one word, but it includes a lot of meaning to it. It's Kohen in Farsi or Persian means uh, something, it, it is something that is very old, ancient, could be a culture, it could be a religion, it could be a, you know, a, a, any an artifact that it has been very important and valid and it is been it is today and it will remain to be valid in the future it speaks of integrity and reliability and everlastingness and that's why i picked that name for the for the firm because i thought uh, that would represent uh, uh, who we are hmm. and what we want to do Right. And how powerful is that? Because I think it also really represents what a lot of dentists and medical professionals do for their patients, right? If if you're a medical professional, if you're a dentist, you want to really speak to that reliability and really improving people's lives and, and, and leaving a lasting legacy. And so I, I love that you're so focused on that. So Absolutely. give us a little bit of your background and, and how you got started doing this. Well, uh, I used to do uh, work for a national firm um, uh, doing, you know, we did architecture and, of course, uh, did a lot of healthcare, healthcare projects, hospitals. But years ago, when uh, I met a person, I met a good friend of mine that he's the best friend of mine today. Uh, he was a dentist and he asked me to do a project for him. 
And uh, I had never done a dental office before uh, at dental hospitals, ORs, ERs, cat labs, but not a dental office. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to meet uh, my best friend, Dr. Ali Rezai. He's a nonist, and he called me, and I met him, and uh, um, I started doing his office. And I never uh, had a chance to, uh, that was the first time I ever realized what a difficult project it is to do a dental office because they compact one little, in one little room, hundreds of millions of wires and plumbing and technology, if you will. So I did this project and uh, he, uh, it's, it's amazing in dental world, it's a small world. When If you do a good job, world goes around and uh, that's how, uh, he referred me to another one and then it rolled over and all of a sudden uh, I realized I'm in the dental world if you will, <laughs> or more of a niche market, if you will. Yeah. So what do you enjoy about the, the dental world and designing dental offices? I think uh, the challenge the dental world has, it's um, um, first of all, it's so private. Uh, I understand the corporate dental does a lot of work, of course, today, and uh, but uh, most, most, most projects that we do is very private. And the intimacy that comes with it, with the clients that we have, that really brings a whole different layer of care and, uh, you know, uh, working relationship. That is one side of it, the relationship with the clients, of course. Uh, as, because these private clients really care for their practice. Uh, that's a big deal. The other layer of it is the complexity that it brings with itself. Every dental office is very different. Every uh, operational and uh, that they have in the dental office is different. Every doctor works differently. Uh, and that never gets old. It's not a repeat work. Every project is a new project. It's not a cookie cutter for us uh, because we implement the work the way they work into their new practice or we enhance the way they work into their new practice so because it is new every time it is joyful hmm. and uh, the amount of the, the amount of care the, the doctors have on patient experience is amazing it brings joy to me when i see that we can be part of a journey that a doctor takes uh, from zero to and that is absolutely uh, amazing i love yeah. it yeah no, and it's so exciting. And I want to spend just a brief moment here talking about architecture and really the design as opposed to, right, you know, I've called up my you know, sales rep and they've got some equipment and they did an office layout, right? That's not what we're necessarily talking about here, is it? No, no. Uh, well, architecture is very different. Uh, uh, people go to school and get formal education to become an architect and there's a licensure process that architects have to take in order to become an architect and do the work. But uh, no, I think architects uh, would follow, uh, I mean, would work with the dental equipment specialists who they sell the dentists, let's say panel or CT, uh, CT scan or chairs, delivery units, what have you. They work in parallel with the, the providers to actually make the work happen. Without them, of course, you can't really build it all. So they're very essential in part uh, to do the practice. Um, architects come to play when you do the programming and uh, operational analysis and uh, basically looking at the space uh, in the world of a 3D and bring the, bring the vision holistically into 
to a practice. Um, and of course, include all those parts and pieces into it, such as technology. Okay, so, so this is really kind of bringing all the puzzle pieces together in a cohesive way right. Right, so that everything makes sense, right? This is more than just doing office layout. This is just more than what equipment you should have in, how many ops, right? This is really diving deep to create that, that patient experience and, and a place that's pleasant to work in, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Uh, what most doctors do, of course, uh, they get a preliminary layout probably from a a dental equipment company, which is very good because it allows them to see, let's say, how many chairs they can get into the office or what are the parts uh, that goes into office, such as a sterilization lab, uh, staff lounge, consult room, what have you. Uh, that will allow them to see what's really, how much they can pack into that one small space or large space. Uh, but there is a, that's a good study, and I call it a study. But that's not something that you can go about building the practice. And what an architect does, the architect uh, takes this suite, takes the shell, the space, or build the environment in a 3D vision where when you walk in, you can capture that patient experience. Without, without an architect, you can't do that. Hmm. Uh, then everything becomes quite a bit of a cookie cutter because everything is designed on a flat plane. You have to think or be able to think three-dimensionally. Uh, and of course, be if you are a talented architect, then you can put parts and pieces together where the look looks good and it is the vision of the dentist mm. or the provider. The vision is a big deal that the architect can bring to life. Yeah. Well, right. And I love the, the title of the show, right? It's a simplified process to realize your vision budget and timeline when building your new practice. And, uh, and, and you carefully selected those words. And, and I think diving in and spending a little time on each one of those parts is really going to give people that process. And, and during that, we'll talk about the team. And because I really want everyone to walk away knowing how do you do this? And so, so let's start with vision. Why does vision matter? Uh, vision is a big deal. Uh, vision uh, is uh, also, it's, it couples with expectations in so many ways. People uh, uh, have something in the back of their mind that they want, but they really don't know how to bring it to life and what it takes to bring it to life. So you go to the professionals and you say, okay, I want to do this. And those professionals or the team have to come together to make it happen. So what happens, your architect will be able to or will have to pull that vision uh, out of your mind. So what I say or what my, what my, what in my practice, of course, uh, I have a process in place where I will um, get into the uh, mind and brain of the provider, the dentist, mm. and see the world through their eyes. Once you can see the world through the eyes of somebody, then you know what is it that they're thinking and what is it that puts a smile on their lips. And that vision could be very costly or could be not costly. We don't know that. I have clients, they come to me most and, you know, why not you, I, I like something to be really modern, but not too cold. And I'm like, I just met you. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so that is the vision they have at the back of their head. So my job is, to really get into their head and see the world through their eyes, to understand what that coldness means or feels or what that modernity thereafter is. And once I capture that, then 
whatever I design, it'll be theirs. Mm-hmm. And they'll have to see, once they see that, they realize, oh, this is exactly what I had in mind. That's why it's not going to be a cookie cutter. If you are not able to see the world through the eyes of the client, you will continue designing the same thing over and over and over. Or you copy something and do it, and it's not what they have in their mind. So vision is a big deal, and it's important because it impacts other things. Uh, It impacts dollars. It impacts time. Uh, That's that's why uh, vision is very important. Well, and I could not agree with you more on that because that, that's what I find in my world too. Is is oftentimes, you know, the the doctors that you and I have a privilege of working with, it, yes. is they do have a vision, but they can't quite articulate it. They're right. they're not quite sure what it is. They they have something they're driving towards and pushing for. Yes. And like you said, our job is to ask really good questions to help them clarify what that looks like. And that, that to me is the most critical aspect. And so, so you start with that vision, you start with that process of really kind of working with that doctor to draw out exactly what do you mean by modern? What do you mean by yeah. comfortable? What do you mean by a pleasant place to work, right? You've got yes. to define those things. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, of course, the, the vision I usually think, of course, also, uh, when they just they, they're going to go about realizing their vision or they want to form their vision. I always tell them uh, vision has two parts to it. One is, okay, you're starting a practice and what is it, how do you see yourself in 5, 10, 15 years from today? Are you planning to, you know, have a couple of more associates? Uh, are you planning to have five offices or this is the only one you're going to have? Uh, what is your exit strategy? from today because that becomes part of that vision it's not it's just not the look of the office but also how how your business is going to look like Mm -hmm. at full capacity in 10-15 years where are you going to be who are you going to be in 15 years and then we look at all of that and also how they want to portray themselves inside their office what kind of experience they want to give to to their patients we combine all of that to come up with that vision, understand that vision that they're after. Then we go look at the budget and say, okay, this vision requires this budget, but they have to be in sync. Hmm. We have to make it happen. So a lot of our clients, they come and say, they have found a 1,500 square feet office. And I ask, why did you choose 1,500 square feet? And they say, because one of our friends, you know, he did his first office about 1,500 square feet. But they don't know the implications of it. They don't know that if they put, let's say, six chairs in there, they will be at full capacity within seven, eight years. And that's okay if they know that and they get into it. But that's not okay if they don't know and they get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it sounds like part of the job of actually you know, helping the doctors that you work with realize the vision is also just helping them think through where this particular vision is going to lead. And that, to me, sounds a lot like leadership. And, and, and that's what I do with my clients also, is I'm always helping them really expand their vision of what's possible and then supporting them as they go after that. And I, I bring that out because if you're listening to this, those are important clues that you want to pick up on with any professional that you're working with. Are they listening to you? Are they really concerned about your vision? Or do they have a vision that they're pushing? And, and that's a sign of a true professional. They're helping you achieve your vision. 
And so it sounds like, right, you you start with this vision and then you tie it into the the budget piece and say, hey, here's here's what this vision is going to cost. And maybe that vision is in line with what they wanted to spend. Maybe it was less. Maybe it was more. How do you start making adjustments in that budget process? Yeah, that's a that's a really that's the deal breaker is make it or break it portion where (laughs) really they. I ask them, okay, you know, from one to 10, 10 being the highest end, where do you want to be in, you know, quality, you know, not the quantity rather than quality, the quantity and the things you want to have. And a lot of them go that I want to do 10. And I say, well, I've never done a 10 yet, but okay. But then they never think that, okay, do they have the, they may be independently very wealthy, but they may not want to spend that much amount of dollars in a practice in a certain location. So we look at their budget and we try to come up with a realistic budget. And why I call it a realistic budget, we normally get a general contractor on board quite uh, at the very beginning and we try to bounce back with the general contractor um, to make sure preliminary we have a budget where we know the doctor is approved for a certain amount of dollars probably, or they may say, you know what, just tell us what's gonna cost us. And when we look at the finishes, the square footage of the place, number of chairs, and whatever it goes inside of the practice, we will provide a preliminary budget. I'll say, okay, in today's market, with this square foot, with these type of finishes and bells and whistles that you want, these are going to be the this is going to be the budget. And the budget is construction cost and the soft cost which normally they don't know what the soft cost is going to cost because that adds up quite fast. So we look at both. Soft cost would be the architectural engineering fees. It could be permit fees, uh, IT consultant and wiring fees, uh, the medical component, all the dental chairs and equipment uh, that they need to bring in. When you add all of that up, it's a pretty, pretty large sum. And then that's one side. And the other side is all the construction, the bolts and nuts of the building, the finishes, the floor, the walls. You add it up, there's a bottom line. And all of a sudden that number, a lot of a lot of people, they go, wow, I didn't know that. Okay, let's... So then we look at the things that you must have and the things that you need, you, you just want. And we start to massage that and see where we can get, where we can bring that budget and vision in sync with one another. Hmm. That uh, you don't have to build a Taj Mahal to have a beautiful office. You could really have a, a simple, beautiful building uh, with a low budget, but you have to know what it takes to have that. You just can't ask for a $5,000 chandelier. You can do if you know $500 chandelier. So we'll walk them through these items to and make them aware of all of these items to make sure we have a, a budget that we can meet at the end of the day. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a success rather than a failure. Okay, right. And I love that you're really kind of working on what are the must-haves, what are the, right, what are the wants, what are the needs, and, you know, what are the wishes that you're yes. putting together in the office? It's actually a lot like the financial planning process that I have with my clients, right? You're really looking at, hey, what are our resources? And then, What's most important, once again, not not to you, but to them, 
to the doctor in achieving their vision. And, and, and I want to come back to budget here in a moment because I want to talk about ROIs and, and really mm-hmm. say, why would someone go through all this time and effort? But mm-hmm. the next part, after you've realized your vision, you've got that budget, you've done the back and forth, you also mention a timeline. What's important about the timeline when doing projects? Well, a lot of people are pushed against time because uh, uh, their list, like let's say their lease ends in a year, and they think they have a lot of time mm-hmm. from the time they're looking at a finding place to occupancy. And that doesn't usually happen because the marketplace changes through time, varies, and we are against a lot of uh, moving targets. So I say, always tell me, when is it that you want to occupy? And let's work it backwards because usually you need to know if you're, is this timeline realistic or not? We want to occupy next January you need to know what it's going to take to get there. And then you need to give yourself room for things that may happen that you have no control over. And that may impact their lease. That may impact if they're purchasing a piece of property that they're borrowing money and they're paying interest and payments and they're leasing another place. These things adds up and it could be devastating. Yeah. So planning is very important. Yeah, well, and these are real life scenarios. I've got several of the doctors I'm working with going through that exact same thing where they're either losing their lease and they've got to be out in the next 12, 18 months. I've got another doctor who's transitioning from a lease to a purchase and a building they're buying. And these timing issues matter. And, and so I'm a big classic car guy. And, and there's a joke in the, in the classic car world when you're working on cars. And that joke is, do you know when your car is ready? Well, your car is going to be ready a month after it's finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how it works in the classic car world is, right, there's all these unexpected things that, you know, show up because you just can't run down to your local auto body shop yes. and pick up a part for your vintage Ferrari. It just it doesn't work that way. That's true. And so but in building, you actually can control a lot of those things. And if you properly build that timeline, you can actually hit those timelines so that I it's not so. ready a month after it's done, but it's ready when it's supposed to be ready, can't you? I think so. And yeah. uh, that's why the more the client, the more the doctors know, the better they're off. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people may give, him, uh, may give them quite a bit of rosy picture because they want to have the project, they want to do the work, but really it's not realistic. Yeah. So I normally go with a worst case scenario. Uh, uh, to communicate with the doctors to make sure that they're prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a big deal. And um, uh, they always, uh, and they're going to spend a lot of money on constructing the project. So I tell them, please don't undermine the construction or the design, because if you do, because you're short in time, then the money that you're working so hard for it is you're just going to. Do it so fast and undermine everything because of that timeline. Timeline yeah. becomes a really big deal. Yeah. So, so right now, we've also kind of talked about really having the right team. So you've got your vision uh-huh. together. You've done that budget. We've got a timeline. Who are some of the team members that, that come into this? And, and how do you build that right team? How, how do you build together and, and bring together the people who are going to help you achieve this? Yeah, the team is a uh, the team is what makes the project, of course, because uh, uh, we are all very connected. And if one member of the team is like playing a chess, if one member of the team uh, is not performing right, it can destroy the project. It's a domino effect. Really, we are all very connected. So we all 
selecting the team definitely is a big deal. And uh, I think the first most important thing is to select a team that's really doing this kind of work. Because dental practice, dental office build-out is very different from any other uh, healthcare facility. Like I said at the very beginning, you pack a lot of things in one operatory. I don't. I can't think of anything more compact than an operatory for a dental practice, and there is a lot of people who are involved doing that one small room. It's like nine by twelve, and it's like, wow, can you really fit that many people inside that room to do all of this? So you need to have dental professionals who've been doing. You cannot have somebody who's learning on your job. You cannot have your uncle who did the kitchen addition to do your dental practice or did your 5,000 square foot home and the great job to do your dental practice because they're yeah. totally two different animals. Yeah, because right, they may build homes really well or they yeah. may do those kitchen remodels or additions, right? Or, or build that yeah. pool excellently for you. Absolutely. But when it comes to dental, all of a sudden, it may take you twice as long and now your timeline's really going to be off because you have someone who doesn't understand the unique mm -hmm. world of dental and dental is truly unique. Very unique. And no matter how comprehensive the plans are, architectural plans are, still there are things that are not said and experience bring it to play. Yep. So, yeah, so, so who are those those team members, right? Let's well, you will have, first of all, of course, I'm sure they go first to a financial uh, you know, institution for to see how much they can borrow. I would suggest that would be the first step, of course. And simultaneously, you need to start looking for a space but i think um uh so you need a broker real estate broker you need a, a financial institution that you work with to get the money from you certainly need eventually a um a, um council to take a look at your either a lease or buy uh, uh contractual agreements uh, definitely you need a cpa to look at your money and where the money comes and goes and so on uh, you need an equipment specialist to help you with uh, your equipments and selection of those equipments. Uh, but uh, uh, you need for uh, definitely those are few of the people that you need. Definitely you need an architect uh, to and normally architects by um, nature, they are the quarterback for any project because when you select the right architect, then the right architect can tell you maybe with the type of stuff you want and the type of vision you have in mind, maybe you should be looking for a 1,500 square foot practice. Mm -hmm. or may, and Because he's going to look at your vision and budget and say, you know what? If you are a startup and you're, you're after a 3,000 square foot space, you have to have this much money. Are you willing to invest that much money? If you are, then let's tell the broker, real estate broker, to go look for a 3,000 square foot office. So architect becomes the become the quarterback for you. So your dental architect becomes one of the most important people you can talk to hmm. and uh, to basically help you bring the team together. And of course, uh, at, uh, and of course you need a general contractor also who at the end is gonna be uh, specialized in dental build out where it can bring that vision and the work of the architect into reality. Yeah. So um, those are the team members. Okay. And now, now I know, right, I, I may be a new dentist listening to this or someone who's, 
you know, had an office for a couple years and, you know, yes. ready to get on on my own. And I, and this can sound overwhelming putting this team together. So is this something that, that I, as the dentist have to be responsible for, or is this something where if I'm working with good professionals, they're going to have that team together for me? I think, I think uh, dentists, uh, dentists are very, um, a lot of them are hands-on. You're right. It is overwhelming because there is a lot of members, team members, and there are a lot of players. I recommend dentists stay and do their dentistry, what they're good at and best at, and make money about it. But I know uh, all of them are exposed to a lot of us, like especially dental equipment specialists, because they visit their offices every day. And those people definitely refer uh, other mem team members to them. That's a great source. But I think um, internet these days is a great thing. If you pick the right architect, probably that right architect can help you put your team together. Uh, and those team would be the very equipment specialist probably you're working with and the very IT uh, consultant who is taking care of your IT needs at your present office. Uh, you may have a portion of that team already built because you're running a practice or you know them because you're working at a place that you meet these people. But I think um, uh, you need to let a professional like an architect take care of that and bring everybody under their umbrella and help you move through the steps yeah. to build your practice. Right. And it's amazing hearing you talk about this because really the process is so similar to the true wealth process that we follow in, in my practice. Mm. One of the things that we do and when we look at our true wealth formula, one of the components of that is what we call relationship management. And mm. in relationship management, we do a deep dive on what does your existing team look like? Do you have these people? Do you like working with these people? Do we mm. need to find replacements? Bring someone else mm. in. Do you want us to continue to work with that existing CPA or bring someone new in? Do you like that attorney? And it sounds like you're doing a lot of that same type thing. Where you're saying, hey, do you like your equipment rep? Do you like your baker? Are you okay with this person? Do you need me to bring someone in here? Absolutely. You're really doing that analysis to help them figure out, hey, who do you have that's working? Do we need to bring in any replacements or find someone new to really help make this an easy process? So Absolutely. the dentists can keep focused on being a dentist and, and doing what they're good at. Absolutely. And uh, it's funny, when, and that's how all of it comes, it ends up to if you, in fact, trust. The professional you're working with and then you can let that person to lead the team for you and basically bring the project home while you're working at what you're best at yeah uh, but i have seen otherwise yeah. where a lot of dentists like to be hands-on and really and that's okay if they have the time mm -hmm. and they want to put that effort in that's fine as well yeah well, right. And there's probably certain areas where it does make sense to be kind of hands on in terms of like what you were talking about with building yeah. that vision. That should be the hands on part yeah, where they absolutely. Really have to yes. draw that out. But when it comes to actually, you know, drawing the plans and doing the layout and doing all the measurements, that's probably not something they should be doing. That is true. No, no. of course not. And uh, <laughs> no, of course. Uh, yeah. But they have to be in the loop to make sure that uh, they see it constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, they approve it. Uh, yeah. They know how it all is working. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, now, right. So for a doctor to, to go through this process and, and do a build out, whether it's their first office or they're, you know, finding a new space to be in, right. If you're going through this, right, yeah. you're going to spend a lot of time. You're going to spend a lot of energy. You're going to spend a lot of effort and a lot of money putting mm -hmm. this together. 
And so, you know, is it worth it? What are some of the benefits of really building a true custom office as opposed to something that's cookie cutter? Why does this matter? Well, uh, it only matters if the doctor is really, it's important for the doctor to have a office which portrays himself and talks about who the doctor is, what kind of services he has, what kind of patient experience he or she wants to give to their patients. If that is important to them, if they, are, they want to be unique, then that should matter and they need to look for that. Like every morning when you get up, I see, Tim, you have your bow tie uh, dressed up really nice. I have my tie, certain colors, and we look at the mirror and say, you know, this is how I'm presenting myself today because this is how I want to look like. And I know every doctor, me, you, in our own practice, when people walk into your front desk, toward your front desk, the very six, first six seconds of entry of a patient to a waiting area, they pass a judgment on that very practice. The very first six seconds before even they reach to that front desk, that beautiful person behind the desk says, hello, how are you? Can I help you? And when you are working in that environment where you are judged so quickly before they get to the chair and see how wonderful of a dentist you are, it should matter. It should matter what kind of experience you're providing to these patients. That's why I tell the doctors, have you ever seen your office through the eyes of your patients? Have you ever tried to feel what they feel when they walk in to your waiting room or when, let's say, they are taken through the corridor going toward the, one of the operatories to do have a root canal, if you will, or have a filling or... If you ever feel that and see that, then you realize how important this patient experience. So that's why I think it's very important to care uh, to have a unique office that shows who they are uh, and what kind of service they yeah. provide. Right. It really does help differentiate you. And, and, and true transparency here, I have walked out of offices before, both dental and medical. Yes. When I walked in the front and I, I look around, I'm like, this is not a place I want to be. Like, I don't feel comfortable here. And I've left because it's just not a place I want to be in. And the same is true for patients walking in your office. They judge you right away. Absolutely. And right, if you can make that a comfortable experience, a place they want to be that really demonstrates your value and your personality, yes. it's an ability and a chance for you to connect with that patient beyond dentistry and really helps support that mission that you're on, which is to restore confidence and help people have those smiles that they've always wanted. And so, right, we've got that patient experience piece, but but it can also help with the business piece off canting. Definitely, definitely. I uh, usually sit at the doctor's waiting area, and of course, uh, when I want to see how their existing practices and try to find all the little things that we can enhance in their new practice, I, I, I saw one of the patients speaking to one of her friends over the phone and telling her friend that she could not recommend the doctor, although she loves the doctor, but she cannot recommend the doctor because her office really looks bad. And I'm ashamed to just have my friends to come to this office. Mm. But she is great. I've been coming here for 15 years or something like that. And I realized, and I've had, I've had doctors calling me right here on the second above me, a few offices we designed. They called me and said, Mosa, you can't believe. They sit in my office and do a selfie and send it to their friends. <laughs> so, uh, uh, when you see when you see that kind of behavior 
with patients that they do, then you realize how important it is uh, what they do, what, what kind of experience they need to have yeah. in the office to bring money. And that's the referral. Yeah. Well, that's and, the referral. Yeah. And, and you and I were actually even talking about a, a dentist who managed to increase their revenue quite a bit one year after renovation. Can you tell us a little bit about that story and what happened with that doctor? Yeah, we had a uh, Normally, what we do, we look at the, we talk about what their, what kind of their, in, what kind of income they have every year, and then after renovation, we sort of track their income to see what kind of impact the new office or renovation has. Normally, we have reached that uh, most offices we've done they have 30 35 percent increase in revenue, and the way we look at it when we, and this is evidence based. This is not just we didn't just come up with that. We actually have real numbers that we can show that you can increase 30 to 35 percent increase in revenue when you do your office right when you renovate your office right and then the catch is the first part of it the doctor goes okay great i can increase my revenue 30 percent but you know i need money how do how do i pay for the loan that i'm i'm taking let's say five hundred thousand dollar loan and how am i going to pay for that and i say okay the scenarios are different, but let's say if you even don't add any operatory, but the fact that you may be able, because of your beautification that you've done to your office, you may get two, one referral per month, or you do one extra, let's say, uh, you know, crown, if you will. That one extra crown you do, or two extra, extra crown you do, it pays for the law. So... You, you need to really look at it that way. We had we renovated another office which had four operatories. We basically redesigned it and made it five. All of a sudden, one operatory itself can pay three times more than what the monthly payment is on the loan the doctor got to actually renovate the office. So when you look at the ROI up front and see how you can pay for the loan and realize that, then it's much easier to move forward and do the renovation and reach the 35% profitability annually due to that renovation. Yep. No, so, so powerful because it it really is, like you said, it can not only improve patient experience, it can grow revenues. It can help you pay off that loan even faster. And, and and, right, you know, we don't get more time in life. That's the the only resource we don't get more of. And, you know, it's all about building that good quality of life, an amazing life of significance. And so you can take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, make that meaningful impact. But you need a good environment to do that. And not only your patients, but a good environment can also help your staff function better, can't it? We have uh, have, uh, uh, some of our doctors that they're close to our office. They call us. They say, why don't you come over for a glass of champagne? This is after work. This is after work. They, we realized that pr- definitely production is higher if, because the space foster res- fosters respect. And when people go to these kind of spaces and spend their daily lives there, they realize the respect the doctor has for the team members. It's amazing. They yeah. stay longer. They produce better. And it's funny that they actually call us to go and have a glass of champagne with them after work because they're just getting together and, they are doing a potluck or something in their space because uh, they're beautiful spaces. Yeah. And they want yeah. to spend the time there. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's real when you have a better space. I'm sorry, when you have a more beautiful space, you want to hang out there yep. more. 
No, it, it's, it's so true. And, and, and it, nature. yeah, and it's one of the reasons that a lot of psychologists will actually talk about getting in a peak environment, right? An environment that's very conducive for work and productivity True. and creativity. And, you know, one of the things I do is every couple of years, I write a vivid vision for my business. It's where I'm heading. And when I do that, I get out of my office. I get out of the space I'm in. I, I go into nature because I want to be inspired, right? And yes. I can't do that sitting in my office. But mm -hmm. my office is geared for working, productivity. It's energizing to me. It's refreshing to me. Yes. But it's not necessarily the space I go to be creative in. And so, right, having that space that's that peak environment really makes a big difference for your staff, for your patients, for, for everyone involved. Absolutely. And so, right, as we kind of continue to, to think about this, right, we've talked about, you know, not just realizing your vision, your budget and your timeline. We've talked about the, the team and, and that really, you know, you've given us that process, which is get your vision, get your budget, get your timeline. But, you know, we're also diving into to really just talking about the importance of overall design. And you've got some great designs. I've been posting some links to your Instagram and YouTube channel here as we go through it. And I would encourage all of you listening, please go go check that out. Go get inspired. And, you know, when you Appreciate think about it. building the, these offices and helping doctors out, who is this right for? Is this just right for a startup? Is it right for someone who's been in the same location for 10 years and feels like they need a refresh? Is it right? Who should consider doing this? I think uh, I think anyone who uh, feels they're not in their own space, hmm. anyone who feels they're not wearing the right suit or hmm. the right dress. If you feel that way, that doesn't fit you or doesn't make you look who you are. You're, mm -hmm. you're up for challenge to do that because, oh, that. because uh, it's funny if you wear a suit that's a little bit, you know, the sleeve is a little longer and you go out there, it keeps bothering you, pushing it up and it's not, you're, it's not you, you're not hmm. fit, you're not comfortable. Always a point in your head is thinking about that thing that you're not happy about. Yeah. If you ever feel that way about your practice, hmm. you really need to plan it and do wow. it. Right. And that's something you can do tomorrow morning. You can walk into your practice, right? And just take a moment and pause. And as you walk in, ask yourself, look around and say, does this reflect who I am? Is this, is this who I want to be? And if the answer is a resounding yes, you're in the right spot. Don't change anything. But if there's something nagging at you, it sounds like maybe you should consider looking at, at doing some design work and, and really a refresh to not just increase the value of your practice, but also help your patients, help your staff, help everyone else around you. What, what a great test. What a great thing in, in an, an analogy. That, that's beautiful. Right. And I think it doesn't have to be a whole, you know, you don't have to move. I mean, everybody does it differently. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to move all walls and ceilings. You could simply refresh, like you said. Uh, yeah. change the carpet, put a new coat of paint, maybe change a couple of, you know, various different decorative lights. Uh, and bring a whole new life to the space, of course. Uh, um, or you can take the next step and maybe you can actually renovate the entire space and really uh, accommodate your team, your patients with new operations, new way of uh, working at the new space. One of the things that's really important that I probably didn't say anything about is the code issue. Mm. Because a lot of the doctors, they actually buy into an existing practice, as you know. So they buy the practice and the physical space comes with it. And the practice has been there for, what, 30 years, 40 years? It's very old, 
everything is really dull, everything is really old, and that is one issue. Another issue is code compliance. And that's why I tell all the doctors, before you buy anything, have an architect to really survey the space to give you all the, a little bit of ammunition in for negotiation where, okay, this space has got these code issues that it's not visible to your eye, but it is visible to the code guys. And you are legally exposed if you don't correct those things. Uh, so you know what you're going to go into, and then eventually you can take care of these issues, these matters. So say, for instance, a front desk. Say, for instance, at very, the very front desk. It has to have handicap accessibility, I mean, accessible uh, for people on the wheelchair or what have you, or their, you know, the toilets in the practice, things like that, or sterilization where people work, the team works. These need to comply. If they don't, you are exposed. Yeah. So... Wow. So, so that would be another reason for you to want to uh, take a look at your practice and correct those things. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I had no idea. Right. And I'm guessing a lot of doctors don't really realize that when they buy those existing practices, yes. they may have a lot of code issues that they just don't even know about. Yes. That's right. Now, uh, yeah. So, so when it comes to right selecting, you know, the the architect to work with and some of those team members, right? There's a lot of choices, and you know, how do you sort through who to work with? How, how do you know if you're working with someone quality, and, and how do you know if you've got those right team members? What are some ways that that we can assess as we're talking to different architects out there? What are some questions we can ask mm -hmm. to really know if we're working with someone? who's the right fit for us or not. Yeah, the selecting an architect is very difficult, actually, right? I mean, because um, we all put a lot of pictures on our websites, and I, of course, that's the first giveaway that this architect's work is the type of look or whatever you're after. Uh, and I may put all kinds of beautiful images on the website and you may like it, but that's not the only reason you want to choose me. Uh, question is, you may want to talk to some of the clients they've had to see the process to see if how was the process from the beginning to end and how the architect or an team treated you and worked with you from the zero to occupancy and that that is that is a big deal i don't think the dollar amount is important as much as the process because a lot of the a lot of people call and say okay how much is the fee right that is a question that's a wrong question it's like me calling your office and say uh, uh my tooth aches how much do you charge to fix it you can't get that or you may call it they may call it general contractor how much is building per square foot those are the questions you don't want to ask i think it's more important to know what to what not to ask <laughs> but i think if you pick an architect you need to pick on the style or you, you gotta see if their work is cookie cutter or not Secondly, is what the process was and how the process is. Uh, if the process is a fun process or mm. horrific process, because you want to have fun doing this. This is a great event in your life, building a practice. Yeah. You got to think of it that way. Yeah. With that positive thinking, everything becomes positive. So if you look at it that way, the project will be awesome. Interesting. Uh, and another thing is to make sure you select an architect that can bring the project to budget. So it could be a startup. It could be you after 10 years of practice, you're doing a new practice, or it could be you doing a whole ground up 
but the budget, like I mentioned, you got to work with someone who understands and you have to really investigate that by interviewing them. Mm -hmm. uh, how can you bring my project to budget? Yeah. What is your process to make sure I can get my vision? Yeah. If, if, and how can you, how can you tell me that once I start construction, I'm not going to have change orders? Or if I have change orders, they're going to be minimized. How, those are the questions you want to ask. Hmm. What kind of product do you have? You need to look at their product because you can have seven sheets of drawings and get a permit, or you can have 37 sheets of drawings and get a permit. Yeah. Well, you, you know, yeah. Right. And, and as I listen to you speak, I, I love the fact that you said, right, you really want to approach this as, as something to celebrate, right? You want to have fun mm -hmm. with it, which I think really would incorporate a little bit of that Kohan in there also, right? It, 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 it's an idea, right? It's a culture. It's a way of life. Absolutely. And if you go into this thinking, hey, this is a way of life. I'm going to have fun doing this. Absolutely. Right? That's how you create that everlasting dignity, isn't it? By really That's true. pushing That's into true. this process. It should and, be a memorable thing. Yeah. Right? So, so even as you talk about your process, right, your name really incorporates what you do. And, it, and it's a driving value that you have. I, I love that. Absolutely love that. I think it's, a, it's amazing. Some of the best projects we've done has been the projects that people, the clients have been very positive and they've been they've looked at it in a whole different light. Yeah. It, it's not a treacherous way to do a project. You have to really look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, and that is only possible if you have, you have the right team mm -hmm. that you allow and trust that right team, that that right team is going to do a good job for you. Yep. Then you can really yeah. be happy about it. So kind of on a, a, a kind of a closing thought here, right? Let's say you're a doctor near the end of your career. You're five, 10 years out and you know, you're approaching an exit soon. Mm. And right. So much of this design process is personal to you, but let's say you want to dress up that office so that you really do stand out from the competition when it comes time to place the office on the market. Is there a way to, to really design that? And is this something that would be good for a transitioning doctor to help increase the valuation of their practice and stand out from the competition? And, and I don't know the answer to that. I'm just asking. I appreciate the question. I think uh, it's a great question. And we see that quite often. In fact, a lot of projects we do in my office here is the doctors that are almost toward the end of their career. Hmm. But they have one disadvantage. And it's not their quality of the care that they can provide is not the crown that they can make, is their physical environment that is not mm. attracting new patients nor new generation of dental professionals. Mm. The new dental professionals who come out of school, they're looking for an environment that they can be proud of and they can become associated with that. So the doctors are going, let's say you're leaving in 10 years, exiting your practice, you need, to, you need a replacement. You need to train someone to take over. And... Who can you attract? If you have the state-of-the-art technology, if you have a beautiful environment, you will attract some of the best dentists to come over and become your associates. Hmm. Those are the ones that actually can eventually take over the practice. And if you don't have that and they don't want to take over it, once you're ready to sell, definitely a welcoming space, a desirable physical environment that's well thought with state-of-the-art technology can help you bank on that and sell a practice a lot higher. 
Wow. So, so really this is a strategy, a doctor who's that 10, five years out from, from transitioning, not only can they have their last decade of their career possibly be their most enjoyable because of the environment they're in, but it can help them really attract that next generation of someone who's going to come in and and help them transition out. Yes, absolutely. Wow. And and this is into their advantage for sure. And uh, I can say uh, we have, a lot of uh, doctors that have been in practice for about 25 years and everyone like goes, wow, are you really remodeling the office now? I mean, you should be selling. And no, they're going to work one or two days a week, do some of the largest cases and their associate is going to do the rest of it, but they have a beautiful environment. And when they exit, Hmm. that associate who buys the practice or takes over, they don't need to remodel or even think of it for another 10, 15 years. So that investment is, that is some dollar amount that the associate does not have to spend eventually when the doctor leaves. Okay. Yeah. Um, and once again, coming back to the team, this is where the CPA, the wealth advisor, yes. the, the banker, you can kind of crunch these numbers Absolutely. and run some, some pro formas to say, hey, what is my ROI actually going to look like? Is this worth doing? And you can come up with some pretty good scenarios and do some planning around this, can't you? Absolutely. 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 And that's why I think what we do in dental world, uh, as you know, when you are really, when you really dive into the dental world and not be on the surface, but deep inside of it, from the very first day, when we look at designing a space, we look at your exit strategy. Why do we do that? Because every dollar we spend, we're going to look at it how, how many years it's going to be with you and was it, what is it going to do for you. But if you don't really look at it comprehensively and you look at it at the surface level, that's all you're going to have, surface. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to have the right team from the very beginning. Yeah. So, so you know what? W- once again, that's that philosophy, right? That's the, the Cohen coming back in, right? That, that reliability. Not just now, but also in the future. Of course. Yes, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Wow. Powerful, right? It's woven yeah. all throughout what you do. You, you embody the name of the firm so well. Oh, thank you. And so, so hey, before we sign off here, any closing comments? How, how do we get in touch with you? I've pasted some some links to your your LinkedIn, your Instagram, oh, YouTube, you. throughout. But but if someone wants to chat with you, how can we get in touch with you? I, I my, my cell phone is the best thing. If you want to chat with me, uh, my cell phone is really good. Uh, and also, uh, if you go on the website, I have a you know, consultation tab. Please schedule a time. Uh, I have a, a 30 minutes uh, return callback time. I tell everybody you can always buy talent, but you cannot buy reliability. Uh, so uh, call me. If I didn't answer, I'll get back to you or somebody will get back to you within 30 minutes and we schedule a time make sure. We get connected and uh, any questions, I'd be happy to answer. I'm very much available okay, at any time. Well, good. And like I said, any closing thoughts for us before we sign off here? I say it's time is short. Everybody asks me, should I, should, I'm going to wait till I, it gets cheaper and I do it later. Like you said, time is short. I say do it, do it right now, uh, but do it one time and do it right the first time. Yeah. I, I suggest you create your own uh, uh, lifestyle. Uh, in your practice and hmm. thrive and enjoy it. Yeah. No. Hey, well, thank you motion for sharing so generously with us. And, and I know I, I certainly know a lot more and I know you listeners know a lot more in terms of why having the right team matters for you. 
I know that you have a process and steps you can follow now. And hopefully you also feel enlightened about this process and excited to get out there and build the, the practice of your dreams that really reflects your vision, your values, and what you want to portray to your patients. So thanks for tuning in. We love educating. This has been so enlightening for me. And, and once again, thank you for sharing so generously with us. Thank you very much, Sam, for having me here. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see you all soon so here on another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. Thank you. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 